أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد all praise to Allah Ta'ala who gave us the tawfiq who gave us the tawfiq to reach this Mubarak month of Ramadan and we were not to reach it had Allah Ta'ala not brought us to it Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says in his book كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مُقَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ <clears throat> that fasting has been prescribed for you as it has been prescribed for those before you so that you may learn the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may learn taqwa the concept of taqwa is one that's unique to the Arabic language and to Islam. The word fear doesn't do it justice. Often it is translated in a more friendly sense as God consciousness. But that also doesn't do it justice. Taqwa is a mode of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the knowledge that the Allah ta'ala that you are dealing with created the heavens and the earth from nothing and creates every single thing from nothing not only could you not have been created without him you don't have the ability to exist without him your existence is an active result of his creation in every moment in every instance and along with that creative ability is Allah Ta'ala's ability to destroy as well is Allah Ta'ala's ability to harm as well is Allah Ta'ala's ability to punish as well but as I say oftentimes people they have a deficient way of looking at things every coin has two sides wherever there is something that's very negative and very scary and very discouraging and very heartbreaking on the other side of that coin you have something that's very positive and very encouraging and very promising and something that can give you inspiration. The thing is, the reason you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the same reason that you should love Allah ta'ala. The reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can destroy you, it's the same reason that He can also make you. The reason that Allah ta'ala can make a person who everything is working perfectly for. Good health, money, family, everything. He can take it all away in an instant. That's the same reason the person who has nothing, who is completely broken, Allah Ta'ala can give him also all of those things all in one instant. The idea of the taqwa of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala it's a mode of his remembrance, it's a mode of his dhikr. The point of it is not that Allah Ta'ala wants you to cower in fear, debilitated from being able to do anything useful or beneficial in life and that that's the lot of every Muslim that you should live a life of wretchedness. In fact, quite the opposite, Allah Ta'ala revealed to His Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Taha, ma anzalna alayka al-Qur'ana li tashqa illa tadhkiratan li man yakhsha. 
O Muhammad we did not reveal this Qur'an to you. We did not send this Qur'an down upon you in order for you to be wretched, in order for every day of your life to be sad and to be devoid of joy, to be devoid of enjoyment, to be devoid of happiness, to be devoid of success or progress. The only reason we sent it down is as a reminder for the one who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, the same reason that you fear Allah ta'ala is the same reason that you have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the greater the fear is, the greater the hope is. And the fact of the matter is, both hope and fear are mercies from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not everybody responds only to positive encouragement. Not everybody only responds to positivity. If you were late in paying your bills, if you were late in paying your rent, and every time you were late paying your rent, your landlord said, here, you know what? Just don't pay anymore. Are you going to pay next month? No one's going to pay next month. There are a few people who are going to pay next month, but mostly nobody's going to pay next month. There are certain things through negativity, you receive benefit, you receive tarbiyah, you receive taraqi, you raise in your rank. You make progress as a human being. You make pro progress physically. If you sit on the couch, no pain. But do you make progress? No, you actually decline. If you go to the gym and work out, or you take a, 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 a 10 mile run or a 10 mile hike, will you be broken by the time you get home? Most of us probably. Mashallah, you know you're tough. You guys are tough guys, I know. You probably, maybe 100 miles, then you'll get tired, inshallah, right? The rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us, mashallah, you'll be broken when you get home. But if you keep doing it, what happens? That's how you make progress. But these two things are both there for our benefit. They're both there for our benefit. Allah Ta'ala says, La'allakum tattaqoon. La'alla is a particle in the Arabic world, where in the Arabic language, in which there is hope expressed for something to happen. And that thing is possible. So Allah Ta'ala is expressing hope that you will learn taqwa through this fasting, that it's possible that you learn taqwa through this fasting. However, as a peculiar use of the Arabic language only to Allah Ta'ala. La'alla, when the created things, when human beings use it in speech, it expresses a hope of something possible. But la'alla, whenever it's mentioned in the Qur'an, this is a, like a, 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 a rule of tafsir. That it means this will definitely happen. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala inama amruhu idha arada shay'an an yaqula lahu kun fayakun. That his affair can be described as nothing else except for if he wishes for something, he says to it, be and it is. Meaning you will, if you fast properly, you will learn the fear of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And this is something that I wanted to remind myself in the brief amount of time I have and remind others. That the point of your fasting is not so that you learn to sympathize with the poor. That happens by the wayside. If you get really hungry, then you look at another person and say, Oh man, these people are hungry every day. They may not have something to eat or drink or whatever. That's fine. You can benefit from that. That's like a hikmah, a wisdom in it. You can benefit from that. But that's not the reason for the fasting. It's not been mentioned to my knowledge in the Quran or in, in any of the hadith of the Prophet and the fact of the matter is, in this ummah, I've seen it with my own eyes, there are people who they open their fast by digging through the garbage. I've seen it. I've seen it before so many times. And you should give to those people. 
You should find those people. If you don't know who those people are, you should look for those people or find someone who knows who those people are. You should give to them. There's immense barakah and immense reward in, in, in feeding such people. But that's not the point of the fast. The point of the fast is not so that you can get your insulin levels down and your blood glucose levels down. It happens anyway. Most of us manage to like mess all of that up within like 30 seconds of iftar. Right? So don't do that. But that's not the point. What's the point? The point is that you may fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you may remember Allah ta'ala. Remember, this is a common thread, that the, the, the ruh and the spirit of every act of worship in the deen, including the salat, including fasting, including uh, giving zakat, including every single one of the monastic of hajj, whether it be talaf or going back and forth between safa and marwa or stoning the jamarat or standing in arafat, whether it be taking the ihram, any of these things. The ruh, the spirit which animates the otherwise dead body of a ritual practice is what? Is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you should remember Allah ta'ala. The Arabs were a mercantile people. They used to do business, they used to buy, sell, and trade. And the Muslims also excelled at trade. Anyone who knows anything about the marketplace knows that things, their prices and their value operates on supply and demand. Just like outside of Ramadan, people like to eat and drink People like to enjoy, people like to go out and do things. The demand for those things increases, so the value inside the heart increases. In Ramadan, all of a sudden, you cannot even drink during the day. All of a sudden, more people want to come to the masjid. You not, not only do you have a demand for five daily prayers, you have demand on top of it for 20 rak'ahs of taraweeh. On Eid, you have a demand for a sixth congregational prayer, right? Your friends at work, they're like, yo, man, yo, uh, Muhammad, what's wrong with you guys? Because your God, your God doesn't even give you a break. Even on your holiday, you have to come for a sixth prayer. Say, listen, man, if you were getting what we were getting, you would want to come a sixth time as well. The demand goes up. All of a sudden, the first stuff in the masjid that you could have prayed your salat in, at Isha, by showing up five minutes early to the masjid, you have to come like half an hour before and you still might not get a place. The point of all of these things is what? If you remember Allah Ta'ala through all of these things and any of these things, you're benefiting. If you don't remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, I won't say it's devoid of benefit. Inshallah, there's kind in all sorts of things. But you're on the way to your destination. You haven't gotten there yet. You haven't gotten there yet. And all matters are to be judged by their ends. If you haven't gotten there yet, you're not there yet. If your goal is to, I don't know, you're going to go on vacation, you're going to fly to Los Angeles or to New York or God, God knows where, and you're on your way to O'Hare. If you just make it to Mannheim and say, look, look how much progress I made. And then you sit down at like Dunkin' Donuts and have a, a coffee and walk home and pat yourself on the back. Look how much progress I made. Yeah, it is progress. You are closer than you would be from here. But you didn't make it yet. Don't be so negative. Like, oh, I'll never make it. You know, I'm not sure you didn't make progress. But on the flip side, don't delude yourself into thinking you have something that you don't. 
This is one of the reasons. Imagine, the, eating and drinking is, is jayas. It's not haram. The other things that you're prohibited from in fasting, they're not haram. Every time you have a remembrance, every time you eat something, every time you sorry, uh, have a pang of hunger and you want to eat something, what do you do? You remember Allah Ta'ala. It's the same thing like in Hajj, for example, you can't like, uh, uh, in, in Haram, you can't remove your hair. So people like with beards or with long hair and things like that, I tell them like, be careful, keep your hands in your pocket or like, you know, hold your hands wide because if you go like this and you pull the hair out, there's going to be a penalty. You're going to have to give salaka for that. You're going to have to give a, a fidya for violating the rules of Ihram. Every, every time someone I come back, they say, Shaykh, you know, like months later, they'll be like, you know, I'm like scared to like even touch my beard or touch my hair or whatever. Why? Because I think of Ihram. I mean, that's the point of the whole thing, is so that you remember Allah Ta'ala. That you're like somewhere like in some other random month, you're like in like Rabia Thani uh, next year. And you want to eat something, you stop and say, I'm fasting, but then you're like, no, I'm not. The point is not fasting, the point is what? Is that you remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Otherwise, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that how many people, how many people, the, the person who is eating and is thankful to Allah Ta'ala, is with Allah Ta'ala at the same level, Allah considers him to be the same level as the person who is fasting and is patient with his fast. What's the qadr mushtarak, the, the common denominator between the two of them? Is that both of them remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And so when you understand this, then you'll understand that the fast has other things that you have to worry about other than just suhoor and iftar. That if the point of the fast is to remember Allah Ta'ala, then what will ruin it? What's the opposite of remembering? Forgetfulness. Everything that will make you heedless of Allah Ta'ala. It's ruining your fast in a way that's different than, 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 than eating and drinking will ruin your fast. Like the analogy of driving to a hair. If you're driving and uh, you know, there's like a, 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 a wild animal that's like scratching and biting you. It may prevent you from going to O'Hare, although it doesn't do anything to the car, does it? The car working is one element of making it there. You also have to survive as well. The car is like your body, the driver is like your ruh. Your ruh, the, the sustenance it receives, just like when you're fasting and you're hungry, your body is devoid of sustenance. When you're eating, your body receives sustenance. When you're fasting, your ruh is receiving sustenance. Your ruh is receiving nutrition. Your ruh is getting stronger. Your ruh is building its endurance. Your ruh is becoming illuminated. It's shining with light. What are you doing when you do things like that, that distract you, that cause you to forget while you're fasting? You're killing the ruh, even though the, the car, even though the body is still fasting, you're killing the, the whole point of the fast. For this reason, this bandit, everybody, this chor, this like thief, every one of us that we carry around with us in our, uh, this lusus we carry around with us in our pocket. Be very careful about it. Be very careful about it. If you don't go on Facebook for the next like whatever, 23 days, trust me, no one's going to die. I promise no one's going to die. If you don't go on Twitter, for the next 23 days, no one's going to die. If you don't go on TikTok ever again, you'll probably become a better human being. I'll go out on the limit, guarantee you'll become a better human being. The television at home, 
the company that you chit-chat and shoot the breeze, all your relatives, all of your friends, they're still going to be there after Eid. I'm not saying to cut off relations with them. Salamu alaikum wa alaikum as-salam. Talk for five minutes and then say, I got to go. I got to read Quran. I got to do this. I got to do that. If you don't have the himma, you don't have the capacity to do that, go home and take a nap. So that at least when you go and stand for taraweeh, you're not sleepy, you can focus better. Do something useful for your time. There are very few. They're just like a, a, a number of days, a handful of days. Everyone will be there afterward. Everyone will be there afterward. And just like if you're friends and relatives, people say, Shaykh, you're, what are you telling me to like have bad akhlaq with my friends and relatives? No. Just like imagine if your cousin came over and said, hey, don't go to work today. Just hang out with me instead. You'd be like, no, if I don't go to work, I'm going to lose my job, and then I'm going to lose my house. It's like a dumb idea, right? This is the same thing. This is literally, it's the same thing. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are a certain number of people that will be freed from the hellfire in Ramadan. And in one riwayah, the Prophet says that's every single night. The majority of them will be in the last 10, fine. But every single night, there are some people who are going to say, I got to make this, I got to do this, because this is something that's worse than getting evicted from my house. It's, it's important. And then in Shawal, we'll hang out. Nothing wrong with that. Anything that distracts you, anything that distracts you, it's killing your, your fast. Anything that causes you to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remembrance, that's making your fast beautiful. And I wanted to end with one point. This is one of the things that we heard from our mashaykh, that tawheed, which is the asas, it's the foundation of the entire deen. People, when you ask them what is tawheed, they say, we will only worship one Allah. We don't worship any Allah except for one. But Tawheed also has a reciprocation as well. What is the reciprocation? That you also have to think of yourself as, I'm only for Allah. I don't belong to my family. I don't belong to my friends. I don't belong to my country. I don't belong to my community. I definitely don't belong to my corporation or to my boss at work. Who do I belong to? <laughs> only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whose happiness do I live for? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now yes, this is true that Allah ta'ala commands us to be good to our family, our parents, our relatives, our neighbors, the people in our country, etc. To be honest with our transactions, with work and things like that. But inside of your heart, you have to get the priority straight. Otherwise a person should fear that the reward of all of these things may be lost and the point of all those things, these things may be lost. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from his fellow. May Allah ta'ala make this uh, Ramadan in which our hearts are filled with nur and with his remembrance and barakah. And that, uh, such a nur and barakah that carries us on the day of ahwali or afat, on the day of terrors and on the way of day of calamities. When entire nations will be burned in the garbage heap of the hellfire. That every single one of us be from those who make it, from the people of salvation, from najat. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.